Welcome to Powwow Live Podcast from powwows.com, connecting you with native culture since 1996. Here's your host, Paul Gowder. Welcome to Powwow Live Podcast. I'm Paul Gowder from powwows.com. Thank you all for being here. I am super excited to share with you this interview from Jaina Schmeeting from Rutherford Falls. If you haven't listened or if you haven't watched Rutherford Falls yet, it's a show on Peacock full of great native humor, good writing from native writers and native actors. It is a fantastic show, but, but Jaina will tell you more about that in the interview. So I want to thank you all for being back for another episode of the Powwow Life podcast. Thank you all for your support and watching the show. Let me ask you first off, if you can, please go out and share this with your friends, share it on social media, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That really does help the show grow. And each week, we'll draw somebody out of all the reviews on Apple Podcasts to get one of our free mystery packs of stickers, and we'll ship that to you. Uh, that includes 10 stickers of our Powell stickers, which we have bustles and fans and uh, outfits and all kinds of stuff. So leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and, and you'll be entered to win that. Also want to say that we are still celebrating our 25th anniversary here at powwows.com. Started it in 1996 and we have been growing strong for these last 25 years. Thanks to you, our community. And to say thank you, we're having a big giveaway. 25 Pendleton blankets. Yes, 25 Pendleton blankets we're giving away in just a couple of months. You can enter to win those at www.powwows.com slash 25. The numbers 25 www.powwows.com slash 25. That'll get you over to the contest where you can enter and enter daily. It is a random drawing, but you can earn extra entries by completing tasks and checking on it daily. Also, look for bonus codes. I'll put them in emails and live videos and on the website. So look for those bonus codes in various places. I'll even give you one after the episode today and after you hear from Jaina. Again, we put these episodes out every Tuesday Thank you so much. And we record the interviews live on Facebook. So if you want to interact with the guests and talk to them while they're being interviewed, join us over on our Facebook or YouTube page Thursday nights at nine o'clock Eastern. Would love to see you there. Thanks so much, everybody. And I hope you enjoy today's episode with Jana Schmeeting from Rutherford Falls. I am super excited to, I'm kind of fanboying out tonight. We've got a, a, a star with us tonight. I'm so excited to have her and for her to take the time. Recently, um, a new show came out on Peacock, Rutherford Falls. If you haven't seen it, you got to go check it out. Kelly and I, we binge watched it all in one weekend. We squeezed it in while we were streaming Gathering of Nations powwow. So in between our breaks and, and, and you know, anytime we got a break, we were back down on the couch checking it out. So Janus Kameenian is here with us, and I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for taking the time to be here tonight. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I am a huge uh, follower and fan of powwows.com, especially during the pandemic. I've been tuning in to get my, uh, watching old videos of powwows just to get my fit, you know. That's awesome. All right. Well, so I got to tell you, so my, uh, it was kind of cool because we're watching the show and I'm like, "Ah, I've got to go look up some of these people. Um, I'd interviewed Bobby Wilson a few years ago, so I knew who he was. Um, So I'm looking up everybody else. And a cool, cool moment when I went to your Instagram, I'm like, I was like, Kelly, Kelly, she, she already follows me. <laughs> this is the coolest thing. <laughs> it says follow back. So yeah, that, that was awesome. That was really cool. So, um, well, and so let's, let's start there. Um, you, you said you were watching some old videos. So, you know, 
where have you been? You know, what powwows have you been to? What are some of your favorites? You know, what have you kind of missed during this COVID time? Oh my gosh. You know, um, well, where have I been? That's a great question. I, I grew up in Oregon, so I was a, uh, you know, a frequenter of like the Grand Ron annual powwow, the sluts, you know, folks hosted, uh, I grew up in Eugene, I grew up in uh, a small town in Canby in Clackamas County, but there was a small native community that was like a pretty poppin', like a, a thriving native community in the Eugene area. Cause it's a college town. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, you know, the U of O had a mother's day powwow every year. And I think that the, Na- the native American student union is putting on the mother's day powwow remotely this year. Um, so, you know, I was, I, we were like very much like, uh, or Pacific Northwest powwow trail people. Right. Um, uh, I've never been to gathering of nations, but it's a, it's on my like life's vision board. Um, I probably won't go as a dancer, but I would go as a viewer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things um, you have to come to at some point. Yeah. Yes. I, I can't believe I haven't been yet, but yeah, I was a, I was a young, uh, a uh, fancy shawl dancer and um very much much more uh women's traditional now <laughs> in my <laughs> in my life uh, uh so yes yeah I, I started as a straight dancer and people told me when i started man you're, you're starting with the old man's dance you're not supposed to start there <laughs> so <laughs> um well i mean so I, I was looking at some of your old videos and some of your um your content out there and you've kind of had a long journey to get to, to Rutherford Falls. You know, kind of tell us about your background and, and, and how we got here to, to writing for the show and for starring in it. Well, um, I've always been interested in the performing arts and uh, I went to the university of Oregon uh, and I studied theater arts and um, gosh, from there it sort of just snowballed into a, a stronger uh, interest in being involved in um, uh, comedy. So I always just found sort of my place in, in comedy. And when I left uh, the University of Oregon, I moved immediately to New York City to pursue uh, dreams of, uh, you know, being a part of a comedy community and to sort of like uh, fine tune my, my skills in comedy and become a better performer. And so, yeah, I, I got involved with um, um, an improv comedy theater in New York City uh, called the Magnet Theater mm-hmm. um, and sort of just started taking classes and then performing consistently. And then eventually that led to me wanting to direct comedy and and coach other people and sort of eventually got to the point uh, where I was interested in writing professionally my my uh the balance of my professional career in education I was a teacher at the time and sort of the balance had shifted that my my interest and the time uh, and energy spent was uh was leaning a lot more toward comedy um and then then my teaching career and so I said I just I have to pursue it so I I did the thing that they tell you not to do. <laughs> and I quit my teaching job and I moved to Los Angeles to try and 
find out how to enter the um, television, film and television industry in LA. And, you know, I, I'm a person who just always has like three or five different creative projects going at one time. And so I, I started teaching myself how to write, uh, you know, TV pilots and uh, wrote a few different TV pilots and, and all of them were about sort of myself and all of them were about native women and centered the native uh, narrative. Um, and I was having a lot of difficulty finding, having, getting reception about, on my writing. I just didn't necessarily feel like the industry was embracing what I was offering. Um, and I knew very from all of my lived experience that native uh, visibility is a real issue in media. And um, it got to the point where I was about to sort of throw in the towel and move back to Oregon with my parents because I didn't really know what else, what my next step would be. Um, and then I met Sierra Teller Ornelas, who is the co-executive producer, co-creator of Rutherford Falls. Um, I met her when I invited her to be a guest on my podcast. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, that was sort of like, uh, our, our introduction to each other. And, uh, you know, she asked if I had any writing samples and I happened to have some writing samples to show her and the rest is, the rest is Rutherford. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. And it's, um, you know, you're talking about watching things during the pandemic. It's, it's great to me that with podcasting and streaming and everything else, um, we've got some great creators out there in Indian country. And some of these stories are finally getting told. Um, and it's so for me, it was really exciting to see Peacock embrace this. So that was really cool. Um, yeah. 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 So you, you mentioned teaching. So, you know, and improv. I mean, what was harder teaching or standing up in front of those kids? Cause that, that is, I couldn't imagine doing that or improv. And what's the, what's the tougher audience there? Teaching. Yeah. Come on, Paul. What what grades were you teaching? <laughs> I started in middle school, so I was wow. teaching seventh and eighth graders, and then I moved to high school, and I was teaching ninth and tenth graders. Um, yeah, it was hard. It was hard work, and I did it for ten years in a very, um, you know, a high need area of New York City. It was the poorest congressional school district in the United States. One of them. Um, the South Bronx. And uh, so, you know, I, I have worked only in underfunded schools and, you know, under-resourced schools and uh, um, with amazing kids, amazing, amazing children who yeah. have overcome incredible obstacles in their life to, um, you know, go to access their own learning and their own education. And, um, and I learned so much from that experience about not only how to be a performer, but how to be a professional and how to communicate with different kinds of people. And, uh, you know, none of, none of that was a waste of time for me professionally. I carry all of those experiences into my current work and, uh, not only that, uh, the love of, of teaching, but also, you know, a real love for social justice and for equity and making sure that, um, not only uh, students in um, New York or, or, you know, large urban centers, students of color have access to all of the same things that 
non, you know, non white kids have access to. But, uh, you know, I think a lot about our own native communities and our own native youth and, um, and the ways in which, uh, our youth are coming up in a time where access has been denied for them, you know, their entire lives. And I hope that my work, whatever work that I do is, um, you know, pushing doors open for them and making the world a little bit easier for them to exist in. That's awesome. And that's something we so desperately need. Um, I saw a video today. Um, it was uh, Steve Harvey and he was talking about barriers. And, you know, if you put a flea in a jar, it's only, it, it can only jump so far, even though that flea can probably jump two feet. And so then his kids and his descendants, they only can jump that hard, high because we've put a barrier in their face and that's, and they don't know that there's, they can exceed that. So um, when we start removing those barriers and getting things out of the way, and we let these kids really soar. Yeah, that's awesome. So thank you for all that teaching that you did. I think it's, it's super important. Um, oh gosh, yes. Yeah. And, and so I, I saw a quote today that, and I thought this was really cool that you said that this show for you broke a mold that wasn't even there before, you know, as, a, as a native person, as a woman, as a, a woman of size, as a, as your podcast was called, you know, these are all barriers that we don't see, uh, displayed in, in kind of mainstream media. Yeah. So can you tell us what, what that kind of meant to finally hit a role that, that incorporated all of that together? You know, it, I, I, I attribute uh, a lot of the availability of this role to Sierra. It took a native woman to see me. It took a native, another native woman who understood me and understood my voice and, um, understood my comedy to lift me up. And, um, it speaks to sort of the power of having, um, native people in leadership positions, specifically in this industry. And when I said i sort of feel like I'm breaking a mold that wasn't there. It's because, you know, as native women, I don't think we're really seeing any of us on screen to a substantial degree. Um, and when we are portrayed on screen, we are, you know, um, props for a white man's conquest. You know, we are often killed off in film and TV shows, you know, we're not centered and, so I don't even think that there's a mold to be broken yet. I really don't think, and I and I and I and I hope that there isn't a mold. I hope that we can bring our own diversity to the screen as it is in real life. And I think that that's sort of, you know, how I feel about this experience, this entire experience, is that I'm I'm bringing um, I'm just bringing myself to the work, and I'm um, and I am the way I am, and. I exist in the world the way that I exist and the way that I look and um and it's extremely rewarding um but I there are also just I look to my left and to my right and I see so much native talent around me there is so much talent in this industry and beyond and and the fact that we are so largely untapped in all of our industries and all of our skill sets. I mean, um, we did our best on this show to, you know, bring in as many native uh, designers and musicians. And, you know, we just like wanted the world to feel like we feel in our native world. Um, And so, um, you know, we're sort of like 
um, we, we did our best to try and uh, write these characters as we live and, and exist now. And I think that, that, I think that what audiences are seeing is themselves in the work. And, and, and that's delightful because, you know, there were five native writers in the room. And so that also speaks to the importance of, in terms of television and film, how important it is that native people have a voice on the writing side and on the producing side of uh, projects. Yes. Yes. Um, so I have to wonder though, during those early table reads and those early writing sessions, what was it like for you, for all the native people in the room? Or were you having to educate and get everybody up to speed on some of these native little references and Indian humor? <laughs> Cause it's different, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not everybody's used to it. Not everyone's used to it. And yeah. And, and they're like, I'll say that it was a delight to not have to do that as much as we, as much as it would have, if there were only one of us, you know, we're, right. we're really used to being the only native in a space of white people or non-native people. And so it relies on the one person to have to explain why aunties are a thing and, you know, what it means to, you know, uh, sell your beadwork or not, you know, all of these very nuanced conversations. Um, uh, it was great because all of the native writers, we are also a very diverse group. You know, we have um, just all different people from all over the nation in our writer's room and coming from different experiences. And so um, I think that that was really helpful. And yeah, it was a delight to explain um to Mike Shore and Ed Helms, like, uh, why we should tell the joke this way, you know, or why, you know, why it, it's not that mean when native people are making fun of each other. We're not like internalizing it. It's not like, a, you know, it's not below the belt. And, and it also was great because Sierra really encouraged us to, um, to not hold back, you know, to not like uh, be afraid that we were above white people's heads you know she was like no let's just go for it let's put these jokes in native people will understand it and this is a show for native viewers as much as it is for non-native viewers so let's let's give jokes to us too yeah that's great and there were some really good ones that were this you know talking about snagging uh there was a mis a reference to miss indian world uh, i was because that was the weekend we were streaming the gathering nation so i was texting with with the organizers <laughs> of miss indian world like oh my god the show just referenced y'all um so that was really cool um and, and even, you know, I know one time I turned to my wife or my wife actually turned to me and she's like, did they just say that when, uh, when he makes a reference to that's why you can't have, that's why I'm not friends with white people. Like, this is awesome. Those are just things you don't hear in regular TV. So it was all, yes. that. what's the reaction been? Have you, you know, from fans and viewers of the show, what, what has been the reaction for, from natives and non-natives to, to this kind of humor and these storylines? I think that non-natives are so excited about a new story. I, I think that, you know, the, the show has really tried to speak to the highest intelligence of our country and, and to, uh, to our culture. And, um, and I think that, yeah, people are overwhelmingly like delighted to see this new kind of narrative happening and these new kinds of jokes. I mean, as a comedy person, it's always a joy to see new kinds of, jokes enter the the sphere of comedy it's like not even entering but like for the spotlight to turn to a new kind of a joke you know and and I think that also as native people uh 
we, our issues are universal. You know, I just think that we, um, because we don't have enough visibility and we are often not centered in our own narratives, um, we're not given the autonomy to, to really understand that like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like these are issues that every family faces and that every human, uh, goes through, uh, in some way or another. But I do think that like the reaction that native people are having to the show is specifically very meaningful to us and, um, very meaningful to me. I, I'm getting a lot of feedback that people are like, Oh my God, I'm like, I, this is me or like I am Regan or, you know, a lot of people just being like, this is how my dad was, uh, uh, you know, and, and that kind of feedback is, is overwhelming. And it really changes the term fan. For me, I don't necessarily feel like, um, you know, I have fans or like I have, I, I, I want people to feel like they have ownership in this show I want people to feel like they are a part of this world and um I think that folks do I think folks are feeling like wow yeah this totally resonates yeah and I'll even though powwows.com is centered you know powwows is kind of our focus um in in other parts exploring native culture but was it a conscious choice though not to set any of this in what we normally see the powwows and the ceremonies or the the stoic you know was was that conscious because i noticed it and it was for me it was refreshing yes it was it was conscious um because we know that the the um the non-native lens wants to see us as culturally specific they want to see those things and and for a long time i think we've given them that we've showed them like anytime there's like an important event that is hosted by native people we have fancy dancers, <laughs> you know, like, the, which is not bad. I'm not knocking it. Like I've been a part of those things too. And like, it is a great, uh, you know, illustration of the people that we are and our beauty and our talent. Um, but we were really um, focused on telling the stories of these people and keeping the world um, uh, very specific to these characters because when you build a, uh, a a show around human beings, around characters, and not necessarily like uh, this is how all natives are, you know, the, this is like the what it looks like. I think the more specific that you can get, um, the further you can travel with those cat characters. So it, it, you know, knock on wood, if we get a season two. Um, as you have seen from the show, there's so many different directions that it could go with all of the characters, native and non-native. And, um, and that's because we really tried to tell a story about people and not about a place or an environment or a situation. Yeah. They're, 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 it, it, like I said, it was very refreshing for me, even though, you know, I do appreciate a good powwow scene, but um, yeah, it, it was, it was cool that, that uh, we're showing real authentic life so th that was really cool um all right so and i did see i think i saw on instagram today that you uh, did some beadwork for one of your uh one of the people on the show was that your your beadwork you were doing i do i did a lot of beadwork on yeah. the show uh yeah i have i wear a lot of my own beadwork on the show um i did the uh i beaded the emojis that maya brings to regan in the museum Oh, uh, awesome. the, the Mohawk emojis. 
Um, and uh, I beaded the clouds on the poster. Uh, if you look closely on like the, the the key art for the show, it's Nathan and Regan sitting and then there's some clouds above there and I beaded those clouds. And yeah, but we also brought in, you know, Jamie Okuma and Bethany Yellowtail and design, you know, I was very specific that I, on each episode, I wanted Regan to wear a new beaders uh, jewelry. So in every episode, there is a different, um, I wear a lot of my own, but in every episode, there's a different um, bead artist on her ears. So um, yeah, we've just made sure to celebrate our art. <laughs> it's really cool. And that's, um, it, again, noticeable that we, you were seeing some of these things. And, and that was one of the first things I saw when I saw the poster is like, like there's that's beadwork on the poster. That's, that's totally different. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we, you know, talking about a lot of, uh, representation in the media and all that. So as you know, I've got some young people that are watching or, or expiring people, you know, what are you, I guess, what are you hoping this show is going to do to open doors? And what are you telling folks that are trying to, to kind of follow this path? Any advice for them? Oh, gosh. There's so much to say about that. Um, the show, I just hope that it can have many seasons. I hope that people continue to watch and talk talk to each other about the show. I hope that um, it gives uh, you know Native journalists an opportunity to write about the show. I hope that it gives you know, native podcasters an opportunity to podcast about the show. Like, I just really hope that people can find a connection to the show, native folks specifically, and to, you know, uh, have a conversations about it and, and, and that we get to continue to make it because of course, the more, um, the more viewers appreciate the work, the more work, work will begets work. So that means that we'll be able to employ more native talent um, be in front of the camera and behind the camera. And I would say that that is sort of the message that I would tell any young folks out there who are interested in working in the performing arts or in film and television um, that, you know, I went into this experience uh, with one goal and it was to write on the show. And <clears throat> I didn't realize um, how much um, I would be involved uh, on various elements of the show. And, and so I really feel like um, this industry specifically is, uh, is a really, it's hard to get here. It's really hard to get here. Um, and you have to have like stamina and to like, and you really have to try. But uh, once you make it to this, to this place, there are so many different ways that you can plug into this industry. I mean, there's room for makeup artists and hair and hair artists. There's room for designers and architects and builders. And, um, you know, there's, there's space for people who want to learn how to be photographers and uh, camera operators and directors. And like acting isn't the one thing and writers, you know, we need native writers. We need storytellers in this industry really badly. Um, and so I, I just hope that young native folks feel encouraged to tell your story, however you can tell it. I did it through comedy for many years and then I tried podcasting and this is just one iteration of my lifelong project of telling my own stories. And I really hope that younger native folks can see that your stories are valuable and they're 
there is a space for them. You just kind of have to carve it out for yourself. Yes. Yes. Love that. All right. So now going forward, we're all crossing our fingers for season two. Um, but until we're waiting for that, where else can we see you? What other projects do you have coming out? Anything we can uh, you can announce yet? Nothing I can announce yet, um, but I, uh, you know, if you're interested in um, podcast about bodies, especially specifically women's bodies and 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 weight stigma, you can check out my podcast, Woman of Size. Of course, you can follow me on the socials. Um, um, sort of just right now doing a ton of press for the show and trying to get people to watch it. So yeah, just, uh, enjoy, enjoy the content and, and spread the word. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for taking some time. Hopefully I'm going to see you at gathering or some other powwow soon. I know. I hope so. Yeah. I hope we can all get back together to powwow soon. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much again and good luck on the show. And like I said, I'm crossing my fingers. I'm ready for season two. Yes. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. All right, cool. That was great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. I really appreciate it. Um, Absolutely. It's it's so cool to see something like this out there. Um, you know, I, I did it. I actually did an interview. Um, a, a show interviewed me yesterday. And one of the things he said was that as a young teen growing up on the reservation, that just seeing people, um, seeing other natives spotlighted in what it was on the internet or on a, a message board that that really meant a lot to him as having that role model he could look up to. So um, now with this kind of exposure, it's, it's going to open so many doors. So it's, I know sorry. I, it, it's so overwhelming. It's like, it just, it's, it just means so much. And I hope that it, you know, I'm just really honored. I'm honored to be like, a part of it and I'm, I'm honored that people are watching and enjoying it it's yeah. so cool yeah have you heard, what uh, do you know what streaming do they do ratings or anything or well usually they do uh they 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 analyze the data of uh like stream binges restream right. re-binges downloads like the app downloads how many people have like subscribed to peacock you know uh so there's a bunch of different analytics that go into it. And usually I, I've heard that the wait time is 60 days after the launch of to hear about a season two, but I don't know. I'm hoping that we'll hear sooner than that. Awesome. I, I know, like I said, we binged it in two days. So, uh, and that was <laughs> sitting in front of this computer for hours at a time doing this, the webcast. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Right. Well, thank you. Have a good evening. I appreciate you doing it. And hopefully thanks Paul. Thank you. Yeah. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today to the interview with Jana Schmeeding from Rutherford Falls. And thank you, Jana, for being with us. I'm so excited to see that Rutherford Falls has already been picked up for a second season. Man, we binged it in one weekend, the first season. So I cannot wait for the second season and see where these characters go. All right. As promised, I've got a bonus code for you for the Pendleton Blanket Giveaway go over to www.powwows.com slash 25 and enter bonus code. Ready for it? 3653. 3653 is your bonus code for a special entry into the Pendleton Blanket giveaway that only you guys listening on this podcast will get. Again, I'm Paul Gatter with powwows.com. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. And remember, go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate that. Thank you all, and we'll see you on the next episode.
Thanks for listening to the Powwow Life podcast from powwows.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notified of our next episode. Find a powwow near you by visiting www.powwows.com forward slash calendar. Support powwows.com by visiting www.powwownation.com. Here's this week's trivia question. You can head over to powwowlife.com to fill out the form and submit your answer. All the right answers are entered into a drawing for a 10-sticker powwows.com sticker pack. Here's the question. This year, we are celebrating a big milestone. We have been live streaming for a number of years. So tell me, what year was the first year we streamed and what was the first powwow we streamed? If you've been listening or following our content, you should be able to find it. Good luck. Powwowlife.com to submit your answer. What was the first powwow and what year did we first live stream? Good luck and thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week.